Hey guys, and welcome back to the Natty Scene. We are joined by Lucy and Michelle this evening, and Lee is back on the podcast as well. So we have uh, four of us tonight, again, in a similar style to the podcast with Stu and Damo. We're going to sort of just be casually interviewing Michelle and Lucy, talking a little bit more about their bodybuilding journey. And I think this one will be great for obviously the female viewers. We do have a good amount of female viewers. It is upsetting on my Instagram because I do have, and I know I have an 85% male dominant following. So when it comes to like putting out questions and things like that, I definitely get less interaction, which is a shame because you guys are killing it just as much as any male out there. And I love that. And I personally love both of your physiques and I've been following you for a long, long time as you both know, um, I take, I take inspiration the same from you guys as I do from anyone else. Um, so yeah, we're going to hopefully open a few of you guys eyes as to, to how Michelle and Lucy train diet competes and their opinions on the sport. So first of all, I'd like to just start the discussion you know, fairly basically with a little bit of a background into you guys, a little bit more about yourself, not necessarily how you got into bodybuilding, just who you are, uh, what you do, um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much pretty much where I want to start. So, Lucy, if you want to take the helm, you can start with who you are, what you do, and we'll go from there. Um, so, currently, I am a self-employed personal trainer, first and foremost. So, I work at a gym called Exchange Fitness in Hitching, um, which is where I do all my one-to-one PT sessions. Um, I also do... Um, Less so, but I still do competition prep clients online. Um, posing coaching, I do groups and one-to-one posing coaching. And I am also a sports therapist, so I also do sports massage. Um, and I do that at my home as well, obviously prior to lockdown. Um, but I got into it pretty late. So I only um, got qualified as a PT in 2007. And before that, I was a cabin crew for EasyJet for seven and a half years. And yeah, (laughs) uh, prior to that, I was a holiday rep in the Costa del Sol. And prior to that, I was a Butlin's red coat um, for several (laughs) seasons. So um, yes, it took me a long time to decide that fitness and that this was what I wanted to do. Um, even prior, well, even when I got qualified as a personal trainer, um, I didn't really do much personal training. I actually got into gym management, so I ended up managing gyms for several years um, before I came back to PT. And I actually ended up working for a company called Easy Gym, which is the same company or franchise of, or branch of EasyJet, or was, it doesn't exist anymore really. Um, but I ended up working for them. So something about orange um, clearly appeals. And also now my flat is mostly orange um, (laughs) as well. Don't know what that's all about. Yeah, so that's a bit about what I do now. Awesome. Thank you very much, Lucy. And Michelle, a little bit of a background Mm -hmm. on you. Yeah, so I work for an international um, financial institution in the city. I'm a um, fund administrator and um, I have a 18-year-old son at home, um, and 
I got into bodybuilding in 2016. I just so happened upon it. It wasn't intentional because um, I've always um, done some form of sports. I did uh, martial arts for 13 years and um, got to uh, Ferdan um, with Tang Sudo Karate. Remember going to Malta, competing, um, pulling both my hamstrings, coming back to the UK and thinking, my God, I need to do something else because this here is not good. Um, so I started having physiotherapy and then just started looking a little bit more at my lifestyle. Um, so started going to the gym and then my gym sessions started taking over from my karate classes. And before I knew it, I was living in the gym, like literally getting up at um, quarter to five in the morning, being the first person outside the door, like quarter to six, leaving my son at home asleep in bed while I'm doing a quick hour of training and getting back home ready to get him up for school and ready and take him off to school and do the school run, etc. And then, um, yeah, um, I started going to the gym a lot more and then um, wanted to do something that challenged me and decided to do a bodybuilding show. Hadn't been to one, didn't know what it was about, but saw a friend go for it and thought, do you know what, I wonder if I could do that. And just questioned myself about, you know, whether I really want to be standing on the stage in a bikini and um, <laughs> a whole load of things was going through my mind. But yeah, I did my first show in 2016. Awesome. So am I right in saying, Lucy, as well, from a competitive standpoint, that you got into bodybuilding itself and getting on stage at a, a later point in your training career as well? Like you trained with weights for a while before you'd stepped on stage? Or am I incorrect? Did you step on stage when you were... You're younger and you're training. Um, not a lot of people know this about me and it'll probably come as quite a surprise, but so I got, I was working for EasyJet and I was, um, I realized I was getting a little bit fat. Crew food is never the best. Um, I was eating things like um, muffins for lunch and, uh, you know, all, all the nice things that we got given as crew, cheese and pickle sandwiches, that sort of thing. Um, never doing, I wasn't doing any training at all at this point, not, not, an, not an ounce. Um, and by this point, I'm in like my mid twenties. And so one, at one point I realized I was getting a little bit, a little bit chubby and I thought I knew something about this. So I started going running. Um, and that was pretty much it. That was a form of exercise and I would run and run and run and then go to work and then run and run and run. And that was literally all I was doing. And then I got injured running, so I um, hurt my knee quite badly. And I thought, oh, I can't go running anymore. What am I going to do? So I decided to join a gym. Um, joined a gym called, it was at the time I was living in Luton, so I joined LA Fitness in Luton. Had an induction, was absolutely terrified. Um, the guy that did my induction um, basically told me to do 5,000 meters on a rowing machine every single day. Um, and I was like, oh, great. Okay. So then I started doing that. That was literally my induction at the gym. Didn't, didn't go near the weights. Um, and then I started going to classes at the gym. So I started doing um, things like aerobics, body combat. Um, and I really, really enjoyed those. And I was doing those for several years. So I was a right cardio bunny. Um, every single class was just cardio. And um, then eventually I got very friendly with one of the instructors. And she um, encouraged me to go and get qualified as an instructor, which I did. Um, and that was around 2007. 
Um, so I got qualified to teach um, a lot of Les Mills classes. I became a spin instructor. Again, still hadn't hit any weights. My first introduction to doing weights was um, body pump, Les Mills body pump. Um, and I did that for um, a little while. And I decided to leave my job as cabin crew um, to become a full-time aerobics instructor. So I thought, this is a great idea. I, I can earn the same amount of money by teaching 25 classes a week I worked out. So I can leave my job at EasyJet and I can just, just go and be an aerobics instructor. Um, which obviously sounds great on paper, but when you're actually doing all the aerobics classes, you become pretty knackered quite quickly. So I would burn out every three months and have to spend a couple of days in bed. I was permanently aching. I was permanently tired and sore. And um, my diet wasn't very good at that point in time. I'd been a vegetarian for a long, long time. And literally all I ate was pizza and pasta. I didn't really have any protein in my diet at all. I knew nothing about that at that stage in my life. Um, and the same girl that introduced me to becoming an aerobics instructor suggested that I became a personal trainer to kind of ease off the workload um, so that I could give my body a bit of a rest in between teaching classes. Um, so I went and did that. And um, that was my first introduction at that point. So 2007 to any sort of weight training. Um, but I decided um, naively that that probably wasn't really for me. <laughs> And I carried on doing all the cardio and, and stuff that I was doing and um, all my classes still was doing a few clients, but then ended up, um, as I alluded to earlier, sort of falling into gym management. So I worked my up through way up through various gym chains. I worked as an assistant manager, club manager, and then I became a training manager for my last company that was uh, Easy Gym. Um, but when, so in 2012, I, am, I was working as club manager for Easy Gym in Wood Green, which was a massive club in a, in a not very nice area. Um, and I had a team of about 10 personal trainers that worked for me. And it was one of the personal trainers that suggested I come and did a weight session with him. Um, and I was like, yeah, all right, cool, I'll do that. And uh, he put me through a really, really brutal leg session. And he fancied himself as a bit of a bodybuilder. And yeah, he absolutely killed me. And he was, he, was, he was going around all the staff, like doing this a really intense session with them. And I was the only one that didn't give up. Like, so I was the only one that like really enjoyed it and was still pretty much standing or hadn't been sick at the end of it. Um, and so he was um, at the end quite impressed. And he said, I think you could do bodybuilding. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I'd quite like to do that actually, because a couple of people I'd known had done it. Um, one of them actually worked for me at the time, who you'll know is Suki Harris. So she was um, one of my one of my class instructors at the gym at that point, and she she'd competed already. And I was like, oh well, yeah, why not? I'll give it a go. Um, and he said, oh well, you know, have a look for some competitions, and I'll I'll do it with you. I'll, I'll train you. I'll write all your diet, and uh, yeah, I'll prep I'll prep you for a competition. And I was like, cool. So I went away. I had a bit of a search online and I found a competition which was um, the BNBF Centrals that year, so 2012, and it was in 11 weeks time. It was 11 and a half weeks time. And uh, I came back to Adam who um, was the PT at my gym and I said, 
All right, Adam, I found this competition. What do you reckon? Is that, is that like going to be enough time? And he was like, yep, training starts on Monday. <laughs> and I, I did it. I ended up. So that was like, I hadn't really done until that point any weight training at all. And then 11 and a half weeks later, I entered my first competition. <laughs> and I actually did all right. I placed fourth. <laughs> <laughs> So that was what, that's 2012 was literally the first time. Um, what was I teaching? No, I was in the um, class at the BMBF. Oh, I did figure. Yeah, okay. um, but yeah, I did figure. Um, there wasn't. Uh, there was probably. I think there was eight people, something like that, in the in the category, and I was. I ended up placing fourth. Um, and that was it. That was kind of where my love for bodybuilding started. And I, I it was, it was a horrible prep, obviously, like eleven and. A half weeks is nothing mm. um and it was very very grueling and neither of us really knew what we were doing to be honest at that point in time he's still a good friend of mine now but I'm sure he'd say on reflection that he had no idea what he was doing prepping me I was on very low calories and um most of the days I was coming in to train half dead but um yeah, I swore at the end of it I was like that was that was the worst thing I'd ever done I was never ever gonna do it again ever and then three months later, I was prepping for my next season of competitions in 2013. Did you respond, just one more question before we move on. Did you respond quite well to weight training then, Lucy? If you were able to sort of, you know, do a diet straight away and then get on stage, do relatively well. Did you think that you had a fairly decent response to weight training when you, when you did pick it up? Yeah, I, I, think I, I definitely did. I mean, obviously, I, I, it's not that I'd, had, I'd done no training. I was always... At that point, I'd been teaching classes for, well, since 2007. So several years of teaching classes, even though none of them were really weight-based apart from body pump. Um, but yeah, very quickly, I definitely still gained a bit of muscle in that very short space of time. Um, and yeah, did respond very well. And I, I you know, that's, that is clearly my genetics and uh, yeah the type of training I did, I did respond to definitely. Great. So before I move the, the mic to Lee and he can ask some questions for you guys, uh, Michelle, I wanted you to give us a little bit of, of background on your competition history and where, where you got started. And I'd also like you to try and intertwine that question to the uh, point of trying to find your class and find where you find where you land. So if you could just sort of take us through a little bit of your, your background with shows, where you started and then where you've kind of end up, ended up a little bit. Okay, so um, I did my first show in uh, September 2016 and that was with uh, UK BFF. Um, had, like I said, it was my first show, had absolutely no idea what to expect. Hadn't been to a bodybuilding show before, but thought, yeah, I want to do bodybuilding. So I entered as a figure competitor. Um, absolutely loved every moment of the day got on that stage and just knew that this was my calling um i didn't play so i think there were five competitors and i came um fourth or fifth i can't remember but i remember coming off the stage and thinking i've got to do that again so um that first prep was um my friend who just recently qualified as a personal trainer and she had actually competed herself. So I said, well, would you mind prepping me? I didn't know about prep coaches or anything. I just thought, I'm going to get her to do it. How difficult can it be? So give her credit. She did quite well with me. She brought me down. 
um, slowly. I probably was one of the most grumpiest people you could ever come across when it got to um, the really late stages where there was nothing left to me. How I was able to function, I don't know. I was training on very low calories, um, having to go to work. I remember the week before the um, the competition, I literally went into work on Monday and I didn't return until after the competition because I just had no energy whatsoever. If I went into work on Tuesday, I would have killed someone. It was that bad. Just just talking to me, I'd snap and just bite your head off. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I remember traveling up to Birmingham, doing that competition, coming away, not placing. Then um, I started looking into a little bit more about bodybuilding. Like I said, I had no idea what was what. Didn't know that natural federations existed. Then um, got in contact with a coach who actually had um, coached previous athletes with the BNBF. So I started training with him in January 2017. And at the time I said to him, oh yeah, I want to do a show in... um, August, September time. And he said to me, no, actually, we're going to see um, how you progress with your training because we need to, um, we need to put a little bit of muscle on you. So because I showed him my, my competition pictures, and he couldn't believe that I did figure because I actually looked like I was ready to do um, bikini. That's how small I had got for that competition. But it was fine. He just wanted to take me through my paces, build my, my calories up and get some muscle on me. So we started training in January. Um, by March, I started seeing some progression um, in shape. My shape started to change. Um, I remember having a conversation with him where he was giving me, I think it was maybe 2,200 calories and my um, carbs were 250. And I remember just having a proper fit, just saying, I can't eat 250 grams of carbs. Are you crazy? <laughs> And then three months later, I was like, 400 grams of carbs, give me more carbs. Um, Then I remember receiving a call from him um, on the 1st of May. And he just said, I think you're ready to do um, a show, pick a show. So I did. I picked the um, BNBF Midland show that was in August. So we had like three months to to do the prep, did that, um, went along to the Midland show and competed as a figure competitor in the master category. Um, and I won. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. It was just such an amazing feeling. Um, considering it was my first natural show and I didn't know what to really expect. It was a surprise to me when they said that you had an invitation to the um, British finals didn't even know those things existed so I was like oh okay (laughs) fine prep continues so um went back into continuing my prep and um that was probably about another nine weeks and competed at the um BMBF British finals in the October and I won and again it was a real surprise to me when they said um that you got an invitation to the world finals like what the heck what, what? <laughs> there's a world finals okay <laughs> but I didn't really think about it because um they then said to me um you can't leave because you've got to come back on and do the overalls again I had no clue that all these things took place I, I had literally gone along very innocently and um so I had to compete against Steph Noble 
And um, so I remember watching her backstage warming up because I was kept backstage as well. And I remember watching her thinking, my God, she looks phenomenal. You know, her whole physique and just looking at her, she just really stood out for me. And then I realized I had to go on stage with her. I was like, oh my God. So anyway, we went on and we had to do our quarter turns and, and what have you. And it was just such an amazing experience. And I remember coming and she got the overall and, and she got her pro card. Then, and I remember being backstage with her and just seeing the jubilation on her face at receiving her pro card. And just there in that moment, it, I had a true understanding of what bodybuilding meant to me and it just opened my eyes to what my potential could, could be and where I could potentially go. And it was there that I thought, right, I'm going to go and do these world finals. I don't know how I'm going to fund it, but I'll do it. So I got home. As soon as I got home, a friend of mine um, got in contact with me and just said, oh, do a GoFundMe page. So I did that, raised money, went off to Miami, competed with the DFAC at the DFAC finals, world finals, and um, got master figure um, winner there and the overall. So for me, that was just like a, a great accomplishment in my first year of competing, just like, and a pro card as well. Um, so I remember coming away thinking, oh my God, I can't remember, I can't believe all of that's happened in just my first year of competing. So obviously, um, because I got the pro card, I then um, couldn't compete as an amateur with the BNBF anymore. So then um, I started investigating other federations and came across the UK DFBA. So um, looked up their rules. Well, not completely. <laughs> if I had, I wouldn't be <laughs> what happened wouldn't have happened but yeah so I just read up on figure and thought right I'm going to do that show and um, started my prep went along um, in August I believe it was and went on stage and competed and um, I came third and I just thought at the time I thought to myself well that's fine you know just accept it as it is because the judges are there to judge you and um get judges feedback and find out, you know, what you need to do differently, perhaps. Came off stage and AJ was waiting for me backstage <laughs> and just said, oh, don't disappear. The judges want to speak to you. They believe, I believe that you're in the wrong category. And no sooner had I walked backstage, Mark Oates was waiting for me and just said, oh, um, you're in the wrong category. You should have really, we, you're, you, you don't fit the criteria for figure for this federation. Um, we believe that you should be an, in the women's bodybuilding. Um, would you like to come back and compete at a later date at another show? So I sat there thinking, and it was all like a whirlwind for me. And I was like, oh my God, um, I'm not a figure girl. What do you mean I'm not a figure girl? I've been training to be a figure girl. What's a women's bodybuilder? <laughs> and I had all these things going through my mind. And um, so he goes, I'll leave you to think about it, but we really would like to um, see you come back and do a show at a later date. 10 minutes later, Lee comes along and, <laughs> has a, <laughs> and says, um, Michelle, how would you feel about coming back on stage today? You can't be judged, but we can compare you against the other women bodybuilders to see whether we would have um, invited you to the, the British finals. So I was like, oh my God, um, yeah, great, yeah, I'll do it. Um, but I don't know how to pose. And literally, in the space of 10 minutes, Lee 
<laughs> showed me how to do the quarter turns. It was hilarious. I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> then I quickly whipped backstage. I'd got undressed as well. So I had to go backstage, get dressed again, try and do these, these, these quarter turns and go back on stage. So I went back on stage with my flip-flops on. <laughs> so I walked on the stage, walked across. And I thought, oh my gosh, shit, I've got my flip-flops on. So let's quickly kick them to the side. I actually <laughs> remember that. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was just like a comedy act. But I really enjoyed myself. When you look back at the pictures, it was just evident that I had no clue what I was doing. I had my, my, my hands open in the, in, the, in the front double bicep pose. and Oh, it was just hilarious. But... I did get the invitation to the um, to the British finals, and um, so it just meant that I had to come away from that competition and and rejig my um, my prep. I had to prep to be a bodybuilder, and it it really took me a long time to get my head around that because I'd been all I've been learning about figure, the poses, and everything, and then I had to. I got in contact with Steph Noble to do um, posing. So I met with her and she went through all the mandatories and, and I found it very difficult. I found it very, very difficult. And I'm going to be honest, I still find it difficult. It's a work in progress. It's, it's doing those poses, not easy whatsoever. You really do have to practice and you have to practice all the time. Anyway, um, went to the British finals and um, what an experience. Thoroughly enjoyed the day. Everything about the, from the moment you turned up um, to getting on that stage, it was just one of the experiences I will always, always remember. The ambience was just great. Everyone there was really very friendly. I remember falling asleep um, doing my polygraph test. Don't ask me how, <laughs> but I became so relaxed that I was snoring so they'd ask you a question, ask you a question and, and you don't respond, you respond up here. And I got so relaxed in responding that I was like literally snoring. So at the end, I said to the, um, the guy, I goes, was I snoring? He goes, yeah. I was like, oh God, how embarrassing. But yeah, so went on stage, um, competed with the other girls. And I remember being there and Joe um, Barrett was stood next to me and we were um, the last two on stage. And, and Lee said that, I think there was a only one point between, between us or something like that. I can't remember. I stopped breathing. And, and there's actually a picture of me where you can see that I had actually stopped breathing. And then they announced Joe's, Joe's name. And then I couldn't believe it. It was just, it, it was an amazing, amazing feeling. It's, it's just one of those moments where you're, you'll always remember it for for that moment for being there and just realizing what you had accomplished so then um i got invited to the world finals and went to um la with the uk team and competed and again another great trip it was just oh it was brilliant from the minute we got to the airport to coming back home every single moment of that trip was just brilliant and just being on that that world stage was just amazing um so i um i won there in 2018 and also was awarded my pro card in women's bodybuilding um and in 2019 um i would say was my best year of of um competing and um, the reason why I say that is because I, I learned a lot along the way. Um, 
I competed with the UK DFBA at the UK Championships in October 2019 and placed third. And I think for me, um, this was a great experience because when you're always winning, you don't really know how good you are. So you have nothing to compare yourself against. So then when I went to the um, pro, did my first pro show with the UK, D, UK DFBA, um, that there in that moment just showed me where I stood among some of the best bodybuilders, women bodybuilders there are. And um, so for me, I, I came away from that and, and I had to do a lot of reflection really. It really made me have to look at myself and, and, and question myself and my prep and, and, and lots of other things, but I didn't let it deter me. I thought, right, I'm gonna get back into prep and we're gonna go off to, to New York and compete. Did that, did the, um, the, the worlds and um, yeah, <laughs> that was a real eye opener. I remember being backstage and seeing all the women lined up and I was like, wow. This is what the pro the pro league is about. It really is. It was it was amazing, and um, I came seventh there. And again, I got the placing that I deserved, and rightly so, because when you look at the other women up there, you could see that they had years and years and years of 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 experience. Their bodies spoke volumes, and I'm very new to this. And I hope that in years to come, I too will be able to really, really earn my place up there with, with um, um, those women. So yeah, that's me. Fantastic, awesome. So yeah, thank you for thank you for the journey there. I want to, I want to sort of go through that a little bit just to give listeners an idea of of how you've moved up categories. I know that you you did start in, in figure, and you were very much that figure figure girl wanting to be in that category, very similar mm-hmm. sort of Danny Carr how. She was quite emotionally attached to that category itself and quite reluctant to change to women's bodybuilding. Um, and I think that's an interesting one. I don't know whether your opinions on that was that you were, I don't know, reluctant to, to be of that level of muscularity and you preferred the shape and the flow of figure or what was, what was making you reluctant to maybe be in that class or did you just not realise it? Um, one, I didn't realise it. And I didn't realize, um, obviously I didn't realize in the moment, but when I got the professional photos back and was looking at them, I saw what obviously the judges saw and thought, my God, yeah, Michelle, um, yeah, you're not a figure girl. <laughs> you're, you're not a figure girl at all. You're, you, there's too much there. You're too big. Um, you got the shape, but the, the, the muscle growth was a lot more, um, but as I said, I found it hard to do that transition um, from figure because I miss the heels and I miss being dainty on stage. And um, whilst I really do enjoy the women's bodybuilding, um, it requires a lot more, I believe. Um, and I haven't got there yet. And I'm hoping um, over, over again, over time, I will get there and, and be able to bring that figure and that body to the stage um that i believe is necessary for women's bodybuilding yeah awesome lee i'll let you take the mic for a little bit you haven't, you haven't really chatted uh, this podcast yet so you can you can take over with uh, any of the, the questions that you have no i'm uh, i'm all good that clears everything up mate thanks everybody for listening we'll see you next week <laughs> 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 
Um, so I'm going to have to waffle for a minute because I've, I've just had about all 10 of my questions answered already, to be oh, honest. No. Uh, <laughs> good. It's good. It's good. It saves me from having to talk. I normally do too much of that. Um, you saw my fist pump about five minutes ago, by the way. I knew one of you had swear during the podcast. <laughs> Hope it wasn't me. <laughs> one, one down, one to go. I don't know who it was. It was probably uh, me. I don't think we've ever yeah. had a guest on who hasn't sworn yet, so uh, don't let us down. But one, one of you's got to get a rude word in before we finish. Okay, deal. Um, both of you. I mean, both both of you have had well, uh, sort of well, well experienced careers now. I know you haven't been in, into the sport for a long time in in terms of sort of years and decades, but you've both competed at basically from first-timer level up to the, the top pro level in the world. Um, and on the way, you've, you've both switched divisions. Um, and, and I have a big belief when it comes to female athletes. That, you know, like I said in one of my earlier podcasts uh, with, with AJ, is that the division picks you. It doesn't work the other way around. And we, we've got this big trend at the moment of people who are, you know, and it happens commonly. There was a listener question just a couple of weeks ago, which I won't single out to just that person because it happens to a lot of people. They actually want us to change the criteria of the classes rather than jump to the class that they belong in themselves. It's really, really common. Um, how how did you both feel about accepting the need to move up to more muscular classes, if uh, if, if you get what I mean? Uh, Lucy, you first. Um, I think, well, my feedback from, um, the last time I competed at the BMBF. So when I competed again in 2013, um, I actually was up at that point in time where I did the BMBF Welsh in 2013 and I actually placed second, um, in figure to Rhiannon, um, Ahern, uh, who now does our UK bikini champion. Yes. Um, so um, and I went backstage and I asked for some feedback and I was told at that point in time from them that they didn't really think I was a figure competitor and that I would suit. They didn't, I don't think they had the athletic class then. Um, or they might have called it something else at that point in time. I can't remember, but I was basically told that they didn't think I had the shape of a figure competitor. Um, so at that, from that feedback, I was obviously a bit, a little bit disappointed. Um, in that same year, I, however, also competed um, with the NPA, and that was also my first year competing with the UK DFBA as well. Um, and at that point in time, you only had the fit body category, didn't That's you? Right. Yeah. Um, so I kind of just didn't really. Um, to be honest at that point in time I didn't like Michelle said you know I wasn't really sure fully what I was letting myself in in for I kind of just kind of did this oh I'll go and try that and I'll go and try that and so I was finding my feet I guess a little bit with it all um in my qualify for the MPA I actually won and I think you might have even been at that show Lee I I I might have even been on the judging panel I think you were judging yes Um, so I did win. So I was kind of like, okay, well, you know, I've had that feedback from one federation, but the MPA I've, I've now, I'm in, in the figure category still, and I've managed to 
I've managed to win, so that's good. Um, so I, again, a bit like Michelle said, it's almost a bit confusing at that point of time because one one place was saying one thing, and the MPA said another because like, I because I'd managed to win, and then I competed in fit body with UK DFBA, and I believe at that point in time we just had the one show didn't we there was no qualifiers that was it yeah just the open show that was the first year we were at leamington 13 at the old uh, concert venue yes and i think did i play second or third maybe third you were third it, steph noble won and danny carl was second so i was third in that oh show. sorry you you were third um was Heather Oaks second? Heather Oaks might did Heather Oaks win or was no? Yeah, you're right. Steph Noble won. Steph won. Steph Heather, definitely won. I think Heather yeah. was second. You were third. Heather was second. I was third. Or yeah, definitely. I think that's right. And then um, yes. Yeah, so I, at that point in time, I was kind of a bit unsure, really, what what where I placed and and, and really the differences between the two categories at that point in time. Um, and then it was at the end of 2013 that I met um, Gavin Gibson. So he actually contacted me after he saw me um, at the NPA show, the one that you judged. Um, and he asked a little bit about where, because he saw that I lived at the time in Luton and he lived not too far away. And um, he asked who I was um, being coached by. And at that point in time, I was just being, I wasn't really being coached at all. I was writing my own terrible diet plans and um i was just having like sessions with a pt at my local gym and um, that didn't really know that much about bodybuilding i was literally just winging it and um he yeah he got chatting to me he invited me to go over and have a session with him um and it was kind of him at that point really so i finished my 2013 season and then i decided that i wanted to then be prepped um, and 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 do things properly for once with Gavin, um, because he, you know, I got a good, I had a good rapport with him. He absolutely killed me. I think, I think when I went to train with him um, the, for the first time, we did something like a two and a half hour leg session, um, and then I had to go to Brighton to, I was going to Brighton to from to watch Mumford and Sons in concert, and I couldn't stand up. I had to sit <laughs> down the whole time of that concert. Um, but yeah, so, so that was that was when my relationship with him happened, and it was kind of him that then sort of led my journey from there. So that was then in 2014 when I did start winning shows, and eventually in, at the end of 2014 was when I did um, the UK DFBA show um, in Fit Body again, and then I was lucky enough to um, get my pro card, and that's kind of then when I was like, okay, this is this is where I sit, and this is where I where I belong. And um, I, I do remember, however, that year prior to that, that to that show, prior to the UK DFBA um, Championships, I remember a lot of people hearing that I was prepping with Gavin because he was known as a bit of a condition king for how he prepped himself, and a lot of them were like, don't get too lean, don't get too lean. Don't let him prep you like a bodybuilder. Don't get too lean. But actually, that condition that I did manage to get suited me perfectly well for fit body. Um, and therefore, yeah, I ended up doing very well that year. Yeah, you did. You did very well that year. You won our UK championships. Then you came back the next day, won our international yeah. championships because they used to be two, two separate shows, didn't they, back to back? Yeah. And then 
he took you out to Boston for the world. Yeah. You got third in the Pro Worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So was there any hardship for you, before we move over to Michelle's answer, was there any hardship for you in making that switch to accepting that you belong, belonged in a more muscular class or was it something you were just happy to go with? Um, I was happy to go with it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to um, train any differently. Like I love how I train. I love the intensity of how I train. I, I'm, and my body has just, like, has just grown and has just changed um, with the type of training and the intensity of training that I've been doing. So and I, I, I just don't, I just wouldn't, I'd, I'd quite like to do bikini. I'd quite like to do a bikini category, but I, there's just no way I suit that category. And you have to, as you um, mentioned on another podcast, um, that you just have to go with where you suit, like your, your body shape and your muscle size is going to determine that. So how about you then, Michelle? I mean, obviously you, you've covered the, the day you came to us as a, a figure <laughs> contestant. Um, the day you turned around to the back and I thought, Jesus. I mean, that when AJ swore? <laughs> for, for, probably, yeah. I mean, for those of you that don't know, Michelle Lawrence has got arguably the best back development of any active female competitor out there these days. Uh, incredible, a killer back double bicep shot. In loads of shoulder width, loads of muscle. She looks absolutely incredible from the back. Um, we said straight away, this this is going to be one of those heartbreaking days when somebody's got an incredible physique and has obviously put a lot of work and has a lot of natural talent um, is, is going to end up coming last because that's just not what we're looking for. And We spoke about that in an earlier podcast as well. Then we had the conversation, obviously, outside in, in the interval about you coming back and trying the bodybuilding. I remember that. I remember sort of <laughs> saying, just, just do the best you can and we'll, we'll see how you get on. And, and to be fair, you acquitted yourself incredibly well. You posed very well. Um, but that, that sort of realisation that you, you were just too, and I'm going to, yeah, I'll be straight out there. You, you were just too good to be a figure competitor. You know, your physique was light years ahead of, of what you need to, to look like to be a figure competitor. You were far advanced of that. How, how did it feel to you to sort of accept that and move with it? And I know you've kind of partially answered the question in terms of the steep upward learning curve and, and, and sort of going up that standard into the professionals eventually. But personally, how did it feel to you? Okay, so I'm going to be truthful. Um, again, as I said, um, I didn't have much knowledge of bodybuilding and when I think of women's women bodybuilders I think of the really big hench steroid taking bodybuilders and that's the first image that came to my mind like oh my god they want me to do bodybuilding I don't want to look like I don't want to look that big I'm gonna lose my femininity what's gonna oh my loads of things were going through my mind um but then I started doing a little bit of research and looking at past winners and I was like okay I see where, 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 where they're going with this. Um, but what I didn't also realize was that um, from 2016 to 2018, how much I had developed. If you saw my picture um, when I first competed in 2016, I looked like a bikini competitor. Then if you look at my pictures at the DFAC World Finals, um, I've, I have grown a little bit. So from 2018, 
2017 to 2018, obviously having a very, very good improvement season. Um, I was eating well, I was training hard, I packed on a load of muscle. I was very new to bodybuilding, so it was my prime time to really grow, and I did grow. Um, so stripping down and coming to your show and you know, obviously you seeing that I didn't fit that category and then me coming away, reviewing my pictures and thinking, well, maybe they, they do have a point. And I can see that if you, and, and again, as I said, when I looked at the professional photos and I saw me and then I saw the other competitors, I got it. And it was hard to digest that first because as I said, I really wanted to be a figure girl. You know, I didn't want to transition into women bodybuilder, bodybuilding but once I got my head around that I embraced it because it just meant that I could lift heavier I could train harder and and I could eat more food <laughs> within reason <laughs> but it just meant that I could continue to build and um yeah I just started um just the the training intensified um and the training was more focused towards women to the bodybuilding category um and like i said it's a work in progress but um i love the category now and there's so many last year at the um, amateur show in all truthfulness i say if that had been 2018 when i competed how would i have done because I have never, ever seen a lineup like I did with the amateurs. It was just phenomenal. The women up there were really, really very good. And I remember sitting there thinking, Michelle, if that had been your lineup, how would you have done, in all honesty? It's a good question. I mean, it's one of those what ifs that we'll never know, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You were... You, you, you weren't at the UK show in October last year. You, I'm right in saying you weren't quite at your peak of your season. No. Yeah, you were, you were shooting for the worlds. Mm. Yeah, you'd have been in your peak condition. You know, you, the, the, the shape you're in in October 18 when you won our amateur championships to go to the worlds. I, I, I don't think you'd have been disappointed with how you did mm -hmm. uh, that show. Uh, I think you were one place apart from the girl who won it both at our pro show and at the pro worlds. Mm. Uh, I think Mariana was second to your third at our show yeah. and sixth to your seventh at the worlds. Mm. You, you were, you were up there. You were very close to that standard anyway. Um, but do you remember, I mean, I always have to be really impartial till the end of our bodybuilding season, you know, and when we get on the plane to go to the worlds, <laughs> kettle of fish on, on one of the guys then, you know, I'm there with the team. And do you remember, one of my, I'll I talk about, I talked about it last week and I'll come on to it in a minute for all, uh, for you guys. But yeah, the, the moments you remember in bodybuilding, and I remember you coming from the, the backstage door at the side of the venue in LA. Oh, God, yeah. And uh, we had a big hug and you were crying. And I said, I told you, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. told you you were a bodybuilder. Yeah. Because uh, you was... just won the worlds. <laughs> It was, it was, it, that is one of the moments I will always, always remember. It was myself and Lorraine Hills. That's right. And yeah, um, yeah. you were standing there and I remember I just came out and I think I gave you the biggest hug ever and I just started crying. I think I made you cry as well. And No, and then, no, definitely not. <laughs> he was crying. <laughs> there was but something was, in my eye. <laughs> but it was, it was a really special moment for me. I just, and I just, I remember saying to you, 
Lee, thank you so much. I, I would never have imagined that I would have be you know, I would be a pro women's bodybuilder. Um, it was just not something that when I started this, my journey, that I envisaged. I, I envisaged um, going back to the DFAC World Finals, competed as a, as a pro figure athlete. And I will never do that now. I just couldn't go back. I love this category. It is me. Cool. And there was there was something that we we alluded to earlier. I can't remember who it was who, who said it in their in their input about their early days as a figure competitor. There was something that I actually find befuddling, and I can challenge it because it wasn't me that said it. Um, it was certainly wasn't the feedback I gave either of you. Somebody said you didn't have uh, the, the shape to be a figure competitor, and that that always confuses me because the the, the sort of basic shape of a figure competitor is the same shape as a fit body competitor or a bodybuilder mm. who, as I explained when I was going through judging criteria previously, um, you know, bikini, the, the sort of natural body shape of a good bikini competitor is a little bit different. But once you start getting that sort of wide shouldered V tapered look, it's pretty much the same shape you need for all three of the next disciplines, mm. just more muscle size. And if you've got a propensity to gain that size, then then sure move, move up another class. But that, that's confusing feedback. Uh, I think it might have been Lucy that was giving it after the show in Wales where uh, she played second to Re, but she didn't have the shape to be a figure competitor. That's, that's odd feedback. Not that I'm a big fan of feedback anyway. Where's, is Lucy still here, eh? She's got fed up and gone. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> she disappeared. I, 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 was just a, <laughs> I was just about to ask her a really good question as well. Oh, well. Oh dear. no, she said that I'm I'm sorry anyone that's listening that. But um yeah, she the signal's gone on Lucy. So if you were watching the video you would have seen Lucy freeze and then and then disappear. <laughs> so she's trying to get back in. If she if she if she can get back in, obviously we'll continue with Lucy. But uh I've got a I've got a question for Michelle to keep things running. So obviously you've gained a lot of muscle, you have a crazy, crazy back, crazy back development, especially. But you have, you know, crazy muscularity all over. So, what would you say is like some of your key fundamental um, things that you consider when it comes to like just growing, growing muscle, especially as a female? Um, how does it look when it, you know, you look at your training, you look at new nutrition, and putting that all together? What would you say is the advice you would give the people looking to pack on as much size as they can? Okay, so the first thing I would address is nutrition. It's key. It is absolutely key. Have to nail your diet. Um, I would say I eat pretty much like a robot. I'm quite happy in um, prep season and off season to eat the same foods all the time. Giving my um, macros, my calories, and I just prep my foods to hit those every single day. It's imperative because the reason I say that, when I first started bodybuilding and really started with my weight training, got shingles three times in one year. The first time I didn't know I had shingles. And um, I remember going into work and um, um, training in the evening. I did legs. And I just couldn't shake that horrible feeling in my legs. Like I trained weak legs a week ago. Why are my legs still hurting me? Like a really horrible numb feeling. Anyway, went to the doctors. I had shingles. Was well, signed off work for two weeks. 
Um, but it got worse because I didn't get it in time. I ended up going to the hospital because I just kept getting this horrible shooting sensation in my toes and it just traveled up my legs and I just, it just paralyzed me completely. So anyway, I had to phone a friend, took me to hospital and I was put on medication. Um, so did that, was off work for two weeks, went back into training, started looking a little bit more at my diet because my diet wasn't great at the time. So I started looking at that and my supplements. I wasn't taking that many supplements at the time. Got shingles again. Two months later, I got shingles again. I thought, right, I've, I recognize the symptoms. Let me just go straight to the doctors, get the medication, did that. Um, three months later, got shingles once again. I thought, Michelle, you really have to sort this out. And I did. I made sure that I was eating correctly. I was... Um, hydrating correctly and I was taking my supplements basics vitamin c um my b, b vitamins and a multivitamin and they seem to help quite a lot um I started taking maca root as well um and evening primrose just the you know just those those ones and then my training changed quite a lot um as I said I I really um had arguments with my coach initially because he was saying that I needed to eat more food and I wasn't used to eating so much sweet potato or rice. It was just unseen, you know, unheard of. Why would I be eating so much food? But then I started to recognize that it was imperative. And if I wanted to lift big and heavy, then I needed to eat, um, eat well. Um, so getting in the gym and just progressing my, my lifts really for, um, I would say I stick to the staples, pull-ups for my back, deadlifts, squats, just the basics, keep it simple, um, and sleep, getting home and recovering really well, you know, and I had a young, Sebastian was very young at the time, so I had to get into a really good routine of getting home, doing mum, but also making sure that I got into bed at a certain time because if I didn't, then it just meant that I wasn't recovering well and I tried to get to bed by nine o'clock so I could get at least a good nine hours sleep before I repeat the whole process. Um, so yeah, just, you have to eat well. Eat well, drink plenty of water, take your supplements if, you know, if that's what you need and, um, and train hard and with intensity. I just, I, I love being in the gym. And I love training hard. And it's funny because people will see me there and think I'm quite antisocial, but it's not. It's just the gym is my time to just be me. I don't have to be mum. don't have to be a friend, sister. I can just be a little selfish with my time and just concentrate on, on doing something that I really enjoy. Fantastic. And what would you say are your, are your go-to movements for, for, for back? I know I've, I've seen you deadlifting, um, fairly frequently with with decent load, would you say that that's one of your your main players in your back development? Um, any other movements that you found are really good for 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 growing your back to the extent that you have? Yeah, I'd say um, pull ups. Like literally, if anyone was were to say to me, "How did you progress?" It was with pull ups. Um, so I started with pull ups, then um, transitioned into weighted pull ups, deadlifts. Um, T-bar um, rows with chest-supported T-bar rows. Yeah. Um, God, what else do I do? Those are my three main movements. And lat pull-down. 
Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, mm. and in your off-seasons themselves, a lot of females really struggle with weight gain, really struggle with pushing their body <laughs> weights up. Um, I know when, when we met in Birmingham, we had that pool session. Mm. You were telling me how, you know, you felt like you were getting a bit softer and, you, and you know, you got to that point where, you know, you're kind of transitioning away from the, the condition and seeing some condition in your physique in favour for, for the new mm. muscle that you were gaining. Um, have you have you ever come across that obstacle, that like difficulty of gaining weight? Have you found it quite hard to see the condition fade, and how have you dealt with that? Um, right. So I would say my first year of competing, um, I didn't really um, have an idea of how to reverse out. So I came off stage and I literally just ate like a pig. Like literally, I, I was eating everything I could. So not a very good example. So my first off season wasn't very good, and I just put on loads of weight. I probably say I went up about 10 kilos over my stage weight um but just thought that was normal it wasn't until I competed the second year that um it was a bit more of a problem for me um because obviously I I got used to being quite lean and I liked that look I liked being able to see my muscle definition so after um coming back from Miami and transitioning out of of prep and into my um, improvement season I did find it a bit difficult but it's important at that time to make sure you have people around you who can give you a good message that it is important to make sure you reverse out properly particularly as a woman because it's important that your hormones come back to normal and that you're um, that you're eating enough food to to enable this to happen and yeah it was hard but as I started to feel normal again and recognize this for myself, it made it a lot easier. Um, so yeah. And for me, I think the important thing is just to make sure I don't go too much over my stage weight. Um, at the moment I'm eight kilos over stage weight and I'm happy with that. I'm, I can progress as I need to in the gym, but also not get too heavy because otherwise it will just make it too difficult when it comes to prepping once again i don't want to have to go nobody wants to go through that again <laughs> yeah for sure fantastic lee have you got any of your your trivia questions that you are wanting to to throw into the mix um yeah we, we'd like to get lucy's lucy's answers but <laughs> she needs to be uh, disappeared and not returning oh. I'll email Lucy the questions and post her answers on Facebook. It'll be okay. Um, so the, the, the three questions I asked the guys on the podcast last week, they, they, they were pretty much off-the-cuff questions that came off the top of my head, but I kind of liked all three of them. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep them in as regulars for guests, I think, every time I, I get the chance to come on and talk to people. So the, the big three. First one. Funniest thing you've ever seen at a bodybuilding contest? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was my first competition. Like I said, I had never been to a bodybuilding competition before and it was at the UK BFF um, Midlands um, show. And um, I found it really weird that the guys, some of the guys were sat backstage drinking brandy. Um, like what the heck this is a bodybuilding competition why are you drinking brandy so one of the guys was just sitting there like literally drinking this brandy and then um they got called to go on stage 
And he could just about walk up the stairs. It was just hilarious. And I was just like, my gosh, I wish I'd been in the audience actually to see, to see just how he'd done on the stage. But I mean, it, it wasn't a small bottle. It was, it was a big bottle. And they were just back there swigging on this, on this brandy and then just went on. And I was just like, wow, is that, is that the norm? Should I be drinking brandy myself? And I'm like, no, better not. <laughs> Yeah, apparently it makes your veins pop out. It's a massive old wives' tale. It just gets people <laughs> drunk and makes them look silly on stage. Yeah, exactly. I've just seen a pirouetted around the living room trying to find a good signal with things spinning around in the background. Then they get me I hope I'm sickness. now back for good. Sorry oh, about that, guys. Let's fight. Let's fire the first of my trivia, my my uh, my off the cuff questions at you, then Lucy, before you disappear again. What's the fun- okay. What's the funniest thing you've ever seen at a bodybuilding contest? Um, oh, there's been a couple. Well, one of them, I one of them involved me. Um, another one was was me watching other people. So, um, this one was AJ might actually remember this. So, 2016 um, NBA. British finals in Brighton mm. um, we'd done all the prejudging um, in fact both these stories are the same so the same um, show so we'd done all the prejudging and then we had to go on um, I think in the evening they made us go on again and we were doing routines and I had a fairly a fairly dancey routine I wasn't about to do the splits or anything like that um, but anyhow I had needed a nervous wee before I um, went on to do my routine and then whoever it was, it might have even been AJ himself because he was helping out, I'm sure, at that show and um, called us to line up backstage. Went for my nervous wee and the connectors on the side of my bikini snapped. Can you remember? Yeah. So literally getting lined up to go on stage and my bikini had completely (laughs) detached on one side completely um and i was just like oh my god I was, I was in the toilet and some of the other girls were there with me and i was like girls hell um and luckily like someone managed to find a safety pin from somewhere and um helped me kind of yeah with what with a single safety pin fix my bikini like back together and then i had to use my number badge to then (laughs) and hide the safety pin to my side and then the whole of my routine i was just absolutely (laughs) terrified that it was going to snap again um, so I was being really, really extra cautious with um, my routine, not to like do any like over exuberant kicks or anything like that, just to like keep my legs as close together as possible. So I didn't put any tension on the side of the bikini. <laughs> and then at the very same show, I think I, I missed probably like a good 10 minutes there, didn't I, when my signal went. Um, but I think it might be similar to what I heard Michelle talking about is that um at the same show there was a couple of girls the show did go on a very 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 long time they tend um, to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was very late aj will remember i'm sure i was still on stage at like close to midnight that on that particular show the only shows i've ever seen in my life that get 50 people in them and still run for 14 <laughs> hours just... <laughs> i never got it i never got it but carry on sorry um, but there was so there's these two girls um, that were competing 
in my category that proceeded to like so they'd obviously been told by their coaches presumably to have like a glass of wine before they went on stage <laughs> but this glass of wine that they drank turned into i i reckon three bottles that they got through and they were getting louder and louder more and more pissed and sure enough by the and time that's they two that's oh, both, yeah. We're in. Again? No, no, it was Michelle the first time. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah. So we're done. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so by the time they got on stage, like bearing in mind we wear quite big heels, um, don't we, on stage? Um, the figure and fit body girls, they they were barely um still um able to stand still, put it that way. It was rather amusing to watch. <laughs> I've actually got a, um, a little story to tell from the DFA World Finals that I completely forgot about. And it's only because Lucy was talking about her bikini. But I remember being um, up on the stage during quarter turns and the judge said, could contestant 101 <laughs> please um, adjust their bra? So I'm standing there. I think I was doing a, a, a front double bicep. I can't remember. And my bra had literally <laughs> lifted up and had exposed my boob. And they kept saying, could contestant 101 please fix their bra? And I looked down and thought, oh, sh- sh- that's me. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was so embarrassing. I literally had to turn around and readjust myself and then hit the pose back. And I was oh, oh, my yeah. God. So because the show was split in two, I went back to the hotel and changed my bikini for the evening show because I thought that cannot happen to me later. <laughs> definitely always worth having a spare if you've got one but in my case there was no spare that time when it snapped um just had to use the power of a safety pin yeah right second question then michelle back to michelle first biggest gym fail (laughs) um i remember this oh gosh um I was at the gym early morning and there was probably about three other people in the gym and I was benching. So I just finished doing a really heavy set and then I sat up and I was getting my breath and I looked down and there was this spider on the floor and I let out the biggest scream ever. And um, I didn't think anyone heard me. And then um, and when I got to work, somebody sent me a, a message on Facebook saying this girl they taken a picture of me and posted it and just said that this girl was benching, can't remember how much, and then lets out a scream. What was that all about? And then I had to explain myself and say, it's because I saw a little spider on the floor right in the rat. It was just really embarrassing. <laughs> how about you, Lucy? Um, I wasn't really well. Maybe there's been a couple. There's definitely been... Um, one when I've been squatting and I've had to do an embarrassing sort of duck, like I haven't been able to get the rep and had to do an like embarrassing sort of slide from underneath <laughs> the bar to get out and just hope no one's been looking. There's definitely been a couple of them. Um, but once, um, this is probably just as I was getting into my bodybuilding days, so it was more of a, uh, when I was still a bit of a cardio bunny, um, but I was training with a couple of guys and um they were doing box jumps and we didn't have like a proper plyometric box they were were just piling steps you know the ones that have got the bricks and then you put the step itself on top of the bricks and they were piling them up and up and i was just watching them thinking wow like this is incredible they're doing such a good job um and they were just kept jumping doing another one jumping and i was just like wow and they were like come on loose your turn 
And I was like, no, 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 no way. And they were like, come on, it's your turn. No, 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 not a chance. I will not do it. And they, they basically kept going on and on. Come on, you can do it. Don't be a pussy. Just do it. Like really, really shouting at me. And I was like, okay. So I um, eventually agreed to do it. it. Was like I think I took a bit of a run up to try and do it because that's almost what they were doing. And like my toes clipped the edge of the step. And then I did an almighty and just landed completely flat. I mean, it was far too, like these guys were both like probably nearly six foot and there's me five foot two trying to jump the same height as them. I was never ever in a million years going to make it, but I just landed with an almighty thud and crack on my back. Um, I really did hurt myself. It really wasn't very nice, but it was also hilarious and they couldn't control themselves for like a good 10 minutes laughing yep, at me. I at can get that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and, we, and we all learned that plyometrics have no place in bodybuilding on that. No, day. I would never, ever do it ever again. And sometimes like with my PT clients in the gym, if they see people doing it, they're always like, you're not going to make me do that, are you? And I would like, never in a million years will I make you do that. No. <laughs> right, last question. I'm going to put some rules in for this question uh, because I didn't last week. Um, no contest wins because that's low hanging fruit. Everybody's happy when they win a, win a contest. That, that's always a good memory for everybody for the most part. Contest wins aside, um, starting with Michelle, what is your one? If you could take a split second of your time in the sport, a split second, take a photo of it, hang it on the wall, and that's your one big defining moment that you'd relive a thousand times if you could. What's, what's your Kodak moment? No winning. No winning. I think um, being on stage and my boob coming out. <laughs> you would want that to happen again? <laughs> um, yeah, as a lesson to others to make sure that you see <laughs> your figure yeah, suit up properly. Don't do what Michelle done. <laughs> no, um, Kodak moment. Um, it wasn't actually on stage. It was um, on the morning of the DFA um, World Finals. And um, I was sharing with Gemini Lawton and um, my son telephoned me from England and um, said, mum, I'm gonna send you something. I don't wanna talk to you just yet. I just want you to listen to it. Once you've listened to it, we talk. And it was a motivational speech and it was something that I would do for him. Um, if he had exams in that so to have received that from him just I literally sat in the apartment and I was blubbering like I just I couldn't stop crying and then I remember Gemini coming over to me and saying oh my god Michelle what's wrong what's wrong are you okay and I was like my son my son and she's like what's wrong with him what's wrong with your son and I said he's just sent me this really nice <laughs> this really nice motivational speech you should have seen her face like what <laughs> like she couldn't believe I was crying so much but it was just for me in that moment I couldn't have him there with me but I then knew that I had to go and do my very best that day and I just wish that I could have captured that moment for him to see the impact that his message had for me that's amazing that's amazing who paid for that transatlantic phone call by the way mum <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Lucy? What's what, what's your what's your split second in time? 
Oh, I think I've got a couple if that's allowed. Um, my first one would be when we went in 2014 um, to Boston for my first pro show. Um, and it was very, very early morning. I, I'm pretty sure Fit Body was the first category on. It was, yeah, first category. So I, it was freezing as well, I seem to remember. And um, I'd, got, I'd had to pretty much sort of make my, no one else was allowed backstage. So I'd made my way um, downstairs and was sort of in a room with all these other girls that I'd followed um, in the lead up to going there. And, you know, I'd followed them thinking, wow, these girls are pros and they're amazing. And then I was standing with them, um, next to them, talking to them. Um, and I was just all a bit awestruck because um, these girls, in my mind, were just incredible athletes. And I couldn't believe that I was going up against them. Um, and I just, yeah, just remember thinking, wow, this, this, is, this is the best. I love this. This is amazing. And, and all the... Um, sweat blood and tears leading up to that moment was all worth it um and then my second one i think was when i did my first pro show um back in the uk um because because i did in 2014 when i um won the international show because you'd invited me back the next day um none of my none of my friends and family were expecting to for that to have happened so i had no one there <laughs> so when you gave me my pro card i remember the only person that in the audience were a few people that i knew from the bodybuilding world um and coach gavin um at the time um so i don't i remember that it being an amazing moment obviously but i didn't have anyone there to see it whereas when i did the first pro show in 2016 which was um in coventry i believe at the university yeah yeah and i had a lot of people that i didn't even necessarily even knew followed me or knew who i was and when i went on stage there was just so many people shouting my name <laughs> and people that i you know I, I only had a handful of people there that i knew were there for me but yeah i had loads of people in the audience there supporting me and shouting for me and um that was just really really nice to know that i had that um, and I wasn't expecting it. So that was really, really lovely. It was, that, that was the first pro figure. It was called figure, but it was kind of like a hybrid of figure and fit body. We still hit the post. Yes, yeah. Um, that was the first pro figure show in the in the UK that I know of. Yes, yeah. Uh, well, as far as I'm aware, we're the only sanctioned body that put pro divisions on for women outside of the US. Uh, I think there was one in Italy a few mm. years but that aside, it was the it was the first time, wasn't it? The first uh, figure slash fit body pro in the UK. I remember that in sixteen. I was quite proud. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that that wraps up my three questions. AJ, uh, do you want to go on with some reader stuff or uh, listener stuff, or have you got some more yourself? Perfect. Um, so I think I've covered pretty much most of the prudent questions from the listeners that I had, and I kind of I kind of intertwine them with what I asked Michelle and Lucy already with their journeys. Most of them were about the category switching. We had about four or five questions about how you guys have changed categories. Uh, and also we had a, a few questions about sort of building muscle as a female. Um, I think we could do a whole separate podcast on hormones and things like that, that we could go into those different discussions on. So maybe we'll save that for another time. But I think for now, 
the the podcast is around about an hour in length so we'll we'll sort of try and keep it here so listeners can watch it all in one go and not have to separate it into parts um finally i'd like to just sort of before we go into giving your social medias and making sure people follow you and give you a little bit of a platform there and make sure that people follow your journeys from now on lee uh i know that you wanted to maybe mention a little bit about uh current situation with shows did you still want to do anything like that or do you feel like yeah yeah if that's okay it's uh it's still a question that i'm getting asked an awful lot uh no matter how many times i give the answer people aren't believing me and i don't know why um <laughs> Still getting people entering contests. I had an entry come through just before I came on the podcast that I was in the middle of processing. That's why I was five minutes late on. Um, regardless of the situation in the UK at the minute, we have our shows planned. We have the Novice Championships planned for the 20th of September. We have the uh, UK International Show planned for the weekend of the 17th and 18th of October. Uh, the, the only thing that will stop those shows from happening is the government physically saying that the venues are not allowed to open for those shows. It's that simple. Um, a lot of people have said to me that there will be many people who can't compete this year because gyms aren't open. They don't have enough time to train and stuff like that. I do appreciate that. I get that. Um, but there are also a lot of people who can train and there are also a lot of people who do have the facilities to carry on with a contest prep. And, and I can't let those people down just because other people are in, are in, a, in a fix. Um, a, a good friend of mine up in the Faroe Islands, Jacob Jacobson, who, who may or may not listen to this podcast, said to me many years ago when he had some, he had some problems with a show and nearly all of the entrants dropped out within the first, you know, a couple of weeks before the show. And I was supposed to be flying up there to officiate it for him. And I said to him, you know, are you still going to run your show, Jacob? And he said a very wise thing to me. He said, yes, because the bodybuilding show has always been run for the people who want to do it, not for the people who don't want to. And 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 that's, you know, and I know it's not a case of not wanting to. There are some people who can't, but, but the contest will always go ahead for the people who are there and able to do it. So we will not let you down. Um you know, outside of, like I say, venues physically not opening their doors for us, they, they will happen. Um, the shows will happen and, you know, we've got plans A, B and C. Plan A is what we have now. You know, plan B, you know, if, if it's a long time before gyms open, we may move the novice show date up to October. There are no definite plans to do that at the moment. Um, if we can't hold a contest in October... We'll hold trials for the Worlds um, in whatever way we can. I spoke to Bob Bell and Tina Smith at the weekend. The Worlds is still going ahead in LA. I'm still going uh, and I'm still taking the team out to the Worlds with me. So we'll hold trials for a Worlds team. You know, Those of you that are training, those of you that are dieting, those of you that are focused on this goal, keep focused on it because something will happen for you this year. And um, and, and it's, it's a shame it won't happen for everybody but we have to cater for the people who are still able to. And there was one person I wanted to give a really, really special mention to in, in this little bit. And, and people talk about, uh, a lot of the time we talk about people that have inspired you to train, inspired you to compete and inspired athletes. Well, us, us contest promoters get, promoters get the, the occasional blast of inspiration as well. Um, and mine has come from a lady that a lot of you will know. She is... Last year's UK Masters figure runner-up, Paula Christian Cox. 
hello Paula if you're listening now that lady's a frontline NHS worker she's in nursing um, she's working ridiculous hours she sadly was infected with the coronavirus uh, some time back it took her off her feet for the best part of a month and, and while she was on her backside recovering from it she went on the internet and ordered a load of home gym equipment <laughs> she turned one of the rooms of her house into a little mini gym and she's back up and at it she's back at work she's back training and and i spoke to her the other day and you know she said i, I want these shows to happen these are my focus this is a rotten world that we live in at the moment i have to go out there and do this work and i've had to get over this illness and and this is this is this is her pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and, and, and if anybody thinks that I'm going to let down people who, who've got that goal in mind, who this means that much to, that it's driving them day to day to, to carry on doing what they're doing, then, then they're very sadly mistaken. So, Paula, thank you very much for the inspiration. And, uh, and I hope they open the doors of the Civic in, in October so you can go and do your thing on stage. So that's where we are with shows at the moment. Awesome. Right. Fantastic stuff. So... Yeah, Michelle, um, if you could list your like sort of social media where people can follow you, so what your Instagram name is. Oh, um, Michelle underscore A underscore Lawrence. Awesome, cool. And Lucy, uh, your, your business and your personal page, whatever you want people following. Um, my business page is Lucy Walton PT. Um, and on Facebook, it's Lucy Walton Personal Trainer. Website is currently pending. So yeah, follow me on there. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for your time. We really thank appreciate you. it. Um, and for the listeners, thank you very much for listening as always. And we will be back next week with another episode. All right. <laughs> Thanks for having Thanks, us. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us.